0: Hello everybody and welcome to Pollock and Thurston special start time today 4 p.m eastern time there was no buy-in today we are going live as we speak moments before the scorecards will be read from the Tuesday night battle between AEW and NXT joined as always by the man behind WrestleNomics Brandon Thurston is here Brandon did you survive Tuesday evenings head-to-head
1: battle. I watched it live. I input the quarter-hour labels as I was watching it. Um, I felt exhausted afterward and was glad that I did not have to review the show immediately after it was over. How do we do this for 18 months? I, that was my one
0: takeaway last night. I I never want to revisit both these programs yeah. weekly. And, I mean, there was certainly a, a certain novelty to it at first. But that was a lot of wrestling in one night. And there was quite the period where we had this uh, as a
1: weekly occurrence. So what did you guys do during the ones that I wore? I don't remember. Did you review both? I mean, you can't watch both shows simultaneously. Do no, you we
0: still that had that it split it? up where Braden and Davey did NXT. Okay. We did oh, dynamite, wow. but my night would usually be record with way and then watch NXT afterward. So it just made for, yeah, a, a super long night. I can't say I, I missed the fact that these are on separate nights, but so it is for, for one night only where we had multiple editions from overruns to a 30-minute buy-in that was tacked in, and then 30-minute uh, commercial free starts to the the broadcast. Oh, it was more than 30 minutes. At least 30 minutes, as Tony Khan warned us earlier in the day. turned out to be 47 minutes without commercial interruption to start the show.
1: So, something like that. And NXT actually went to a picture-in-picture ad break around 29 minutes, you could say. So uh, not a full-screen ad break, but they did go uh, in, in the middle of that, what was the Gallus and uh, Ty- Tyler Bates and... Um, Yeah, that, that, that they went, they went to a picture in picture ad break, uh, during it, like at 29 minutes. And then they went to a full screen ad break several minutes after that. But yeah, a lot of time with no ad breaks.
0: That's the missing metric in all of this. Maybe one side will disclose how much uh, ad inventory was, was made on the evening as a, as a future, uh, point in their favor, Who which, which show made the most money in that given
1: time slot for their respective network. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll be getting, getting that, um, yeah it was you you would think like i I wonder how how that that comes together in terms of the ad free time if if that's just time that they weren't going to sell anyway that was just gonna be make good time or what
0: yeah i mean it seems to be something that the networks are on board with whenever there is a big enough show and in the case of tbs you certainly felt like this was a completely reactionary method but probably one that they were anticipating given it's been you know this has been a, a tactic used multiple times but I mean, they were able to respond with their own commercial free block instantly and got pretty much like three quarters of the hour uh, blocked off for for that. It does tell you that that TBS was giving them a lot of leeway as well. Like this was not something where they were just looking at this as two hours of programming. They, too, were very competitive and engaged in this
1: one. Right. And, and did you notice Diamond went off the air advertising? I don't know if they did this earlier in the show and I just missed it, but they went off the off the air advertising that collision is going to start again at seven o'clock on Saturday.
0: Yeah, they was, it was mentioned a few times during the broadcast and yeah, we talked about this last week. So they went to 7 PM this past Saturday, which we kind of read into could only have been a reason to semi avoid fast lane because there was no sports on TNT that they were uh, adjusting their scheduling for. But this Saturday, it makes you wonder if this is uh, an unofficial experimental run that this could be the new time slot for Collision that not only gives you an hour up on WWE shows, but it's an hour earlier than everything else that is on uh, a Saturday night, for, for instance. So, this is at least the second
1: week that they're going to be trying this earlier time slot, which. So, I asked WBD and they just like literally just got back to me saying, um, depending on the outcome of the Major League Baseball playoffs on Saturday may shift to 7 p.m. just this week to allow, allow for potential spillover coverage of, of the baseball game. Uh, they say that they'll confirm that in the next day or so after the conclusion of tonight's playoff game. So sounds like it may or may not be at 7, but they will confirm. I mean, they're certainly advertising it at, at 7 on AEW last night.
0: Yeah, it was on the schedule, like on their online schedule for 8 earlier this week, and then it was on, on Wednesday or Yes, Tuesday's broadcast that they were promoting the new 7 PM time slot. So yeah, that's a, that's an interesting wrinkle to this. If they end up getting another move out, out of this entire thing, we'll get into the collision numbers uh, a little later on because they were interesting to look at from this past Saturday. Uh, but just looking at Tuesday night in, in terms of the lead up, the promotion from both sides, any major takeaways just of how much each side put into this, how important the stakes were. They were certainly important to the players involved. But now that we are removed from this, I mean, how important are these numbers that we're about to get here in, 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 in at least in the short term? Because I think in, in the grand scheme of things, this is
1: this is going to be a blip. Not that important, I guess. Like, like you were it's, it's bragging rights. I'm sure it's great for your relationship with your TV network. Um, if you're able to say that, you know, we beat, you know, the, the other wrestling show. And, and as much as we talk about the AEW being competitors, I'm sure there's, com- there's a competitive nature between USA network and TNT or their parents at and, and WBD. Uh, I'm sure that they want to, we have, we have numbers. Okay. Oh, okay. We, we can get the, uh, the drum roll, but yes, as uh,
0: we make sure you have, you have all your, your confirmed numbers here. We can't get any digits wrong because God knows we'll hear about it. So in moments, folks, Brandon Thurston. This is like
1: announcing the best <laughs> award winner. He's got the envelope. I have the envelope. Uh, and we have, so what, what do you want to do first? Let's do NXT. NXT decisively won the night, both in total viewership and in the demo. 921,000 viewers for NXT. 609 for AEW. Um, this is going to be a 0.30 in the demo for NXT. That's massive. 0.26 for AEW, um, we'll have that, that, that will be tweeted. in 0.32 to 0.26? 0.30? Oh, oh 0.30. 0.30, oh. point, point did I say 0.32? 0.30 oh to
0: 0.26. That's really close when you consider all the different factors here. I don't, like, certainly NXT had the bigger show. They, you know, they, they won the night. Um, but for AEW to, to move to the Tuesday night of what they were up against, I think a... Like a two six, like that is, you know, that's, that's below, I think what you would look for on a Wednesday night, but not by what they do last week, a 0.28 with, with all the transmission issues and, and DVR problems. But, um, AW last week did a 0.28. Yeah. So, I mean, a 0.26 on a Tuesday. I, I don't look at that as like a, um, an embarrassing, uh, performance on Tuesday night. But, um, in terms of that number, I mean, that would be in terms of NXT, uh, viewership. I mean, that, Blows ahead of these recent Becky Lynch led shows that were uh, some of the most watched. This would top that Halloween Havoc show of two thousand and twenty, which uh, was uh, just under nine hundred thousand viewers as well. Um, Brandon is like uh, furiously, I think, doing all the uh, the, the calculations. And I've, such. I've already
1: put out a, a wrong tweet with like zero <laughs> zeros across the board. So uh, okay, one second. Yeah, you just, yeah, I've just got to get the uh, the numbers. Well, you, 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 you the take numbers I said
0: were, were correct. So, yes, yeah, so if you were just tuning in, it was uh, NXT uh, winning the night in terms of both viewership and in the 18 to 49 demo. Both sides had fairly significant overruns, although NXT, it was like the usual uh, overrun amount uh, of about nine minutes, I-, I believe it was, featuring the Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes match. Yeah. It was dynamite. That... 828 minutes. Okay. So, eight minute overrun. And it was dynamite that went, um, almost to a quarter past the hour. So they had about five minutes, I would say, unopposed at the end in that featuring um, the end of Adam Copeland and Luchasaurus and about five dozen run-ins uh, to complete the night uh, with, with both of them.
1: I mean, it's really impressive that NXT is... I, I have to look at what the the milestone is here, but nine twenty-one is unheard of for NXT on a Tuesday. And I want to say even you know, back in the Wednesday night war era and this 0.30 in the demo, um, despite the fact that remember it was going against a, another wrestling show. Yeah. Like I'm just looking here that like
0: historically for NXT, this is their first year. So, uh, throw out the, the first two weeks that they were on the USA network was September 18th and 25th of 2019. Both those shows topped a million viewers. Then AEW starts October second and they only surpassed nine hundred thousand viewers once that year. And I'm looking ahead here to two thousand and twenty and I mean they're they're never hitting nine hundred thousand. So this um unofficially would sorry, the the, the viewer count was how much again? Nine hundred and one? Nine hundred and twenty one. So this would prob. I think this is the third most watched NXT in history on USA. The only higher ones would have been the first two episodes, which were um, uh, unopposed, that they were not going up against AEW Dynamite. So this was a huge success for the company, and they loaded it up to such a degree that you would have to think this is probably the ceiling of what they are going to be able to hit cuz i cannot see them ever being able to replicate this amount of star power unless for some very special circumstances. John Cena is not going to be at their disposal uh pretty much ever um to to have this
1: availability. Right. Uh we'll have quarter hours here we should in a moment too. Um but yeah, i i mean we have if you want the the number of total Viewers in the demos, three ninety six to three hundred and forty six. But I will serve up quarter hours in a moment. Yes. Well, there you have it. Um, what what do you take
0: away from the A W numbers on the Tuesday night? Like we we have talked about this being an audience that traditionally they have been able to follow A W. Whether it's moving to a special Saturday night, whether it's moving to a, a Tuesday night, they have been able to mobilize that audience. This would definitely seem like they. They put a lot into the show and they were up against
1: a uh, very, very stiff competition. Um, anything yeah, you, I mean, can you take from that? I mean, the, the, this, this was not a, I was not expecting such a wide margin either in total viewership. I was definitely expecting NXT to win um, maybe by, I don't know, a hundred thousand viewers or something like that, but not to this degree where we have something like what a 300,000 viewer gap in total viewership. And I expected the demo to be, to be closer than this. I mean, I mean, we certainly got the impression that WWE wanted to make a statement here and say that, you know, you, you won the Wednesday night war and we want to downplay that as you just being our developmental and giving them a head to head battle against their show. That was just loaded with main roster content to make a statement to say, Hey, this is what it's like to go against the main roster of WWE. I think was the sort of the intent here.
0: And we, uh, also here, as I am getting... So in Canada, I know everyone is uh, at the edge of their seats to know the how... Who won in can. Canada?
1: Well, it was kind were of... They, um, were they actually going head-to-head in Canada?
0: They weren't, because NXT was only streaming on Tuesday night, because Sportsnet 360 went with the Major League Baseball playoffs over NXT. So uh AEW was... uh Oh, you know what? Oh, man, did I really lead that one up? So we had Thanksgiving on... On Monday. So we are on the holiday schedule this week. So the numbers I was just sent was for Raw on Monday night. I got to wait till tomorrow to get the AEW numbers. So sorry for that, that anticlimactic buildup. Uh, but yes, once again, uh, NXT 921,000 viewers, 0.30 in the demo dynamite, 609,000 viewers and a 0.26. Yeah. It's, it's quite more illuminating here as I, I associate it with the WrestleNomics tweet and graph, uh, attached yes. to it. I mean, they really did dwarf them in viewership. I would, I would look at the 18 to 49 demo as I actually thought it was closer than, than it was going to end up being, but the viewership, I mean, that was a massive gap uh, in NXT's favor and we will await, uh, you know, further uh, breakdown uh, of these numbers, but yeah, it's, it was a great number for NXT and they, they loaded things up with every star that they could imagine. And I guess the question will be what they, what they come back with after this, does this at all, um, serve as as a boost for NXT. Like, it's been a pretty well-received product for some time now, and this is probably for fans of just your Raw or SmackDown that if ever there was a week to sort of check in and see what NXT is doing, this was it, and if there was enough that this leads to, you know, NXT being able to stabilize a bit on on its own or if this is just
1: right back to normal levels next Tuesday. So we have... I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it on the screen in a moment. Um, it looks like in the demo, even there's only one quarter where dynamite beat NXT in, in the demo for one quarter. And that is the third quarter of the show, which had the ending last few minutes of the Jericho and uh, powerhouse Hobbs match, uh, the Adam Cole video and uh, the beginning, most of the, the orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix match uh, beyond that it's a sh- it's other than that it's a shutout uh in the demo even and i, I haven't looked at uh total viewership yet but uh, i expect it's going to be even more decisive for nxt
0: yeah i'm very curious as well about the the 18 to 34 breakdown as well that's been an area that nxt i mean you have kind of documented like how much NXT has grown in that, particularly among men in that uh younger demo over the past year. And that's certainly, I mean, Shawn Michaels has stated it as much. Like that is the primary focus of NXT at the moment is is that particular demographic. And I think that's that's another feather in their cap to be able to claim that audience in a head to head setting.
1: Yeah. So here's quarter hours for the demo. Look um, at this. Look how fast this man works. And uh, my, my overrun arrows are not correct yet, so ignore those that say eight minutes for both. It was not eight minutes, minutes for both, um, but pretty decisive, as I said. Um, that, that that third quarter is pretty – like, that That jumps out at you uh, in, in terms of, like, there was
0: obviously um, – if there was one segment you look at where there was uh, a noticeable – uptick for aew that was it this is where yeah so as brandon has it listed here the the ending of chris jericho and powerhouse hobbs the adam cole roderick strong segment and then uh orange cassidy and phoenix the start of that that uh picked
1: up what does this say uh, this is know. total viewership now yeah. um a shutout for for nxt in the quarters uh NXT leads AEW in every single quarter, uh, including the overrun, which is not a quarter. It's something less than a quarter, but, but, uh, so nine minutes for NXT, 14 for AEW. Um, high quarter in total viewership for NXT is the J, I'm sorry, is the, uh, the quarter that had the backstage stuff with, uh, Tony D'Angelo, Channing Lorenzo, Cody Rhodes, uh, Baron Corbin promo, and then the beginning. Uh, most of the Dominic Mysterio and Ilya Dragunov match. So that is the, the uh, no, the the first quarter. I'm sorry, was was larger, nearly a million viewers for for the first quarter with Cody Rhodes, 991,000 viewers. Um, both of them started out at their peak, right? Because we have 731, yeah. um, at the beginning for for Dynamite also, which had the uh, the Christian promo and the uh Brian Danielson and sort of Strickland match.
0: And would look to be like the largest combined audience of the whole night. Like we're looking at over 1.7 million viewers for that first quarter, uh, b- between the two. I mean, it was, um, yeah, they like, it was a really strong pattern for NXT. I mean, they had some dips. I guess the, the third quarter being the pub fight, I mean, didn't, didn't, I guess, uh, resonate with a, as many
1: people, but overall, like they. So, so my, my patented, uh, conditional formatting rules, uh, indicate that the John Cena of, Second performed well because it exceeded the normal trend in that quarter hour by at least five percentage points. And it was up 6%, uh, from the prior quarter in total of your show up 10% in the demo. Again, for the, that's for the John Cena and Braun breaker, uh, live promo that had actually two ad breaks in it. And despite, I mean, I, I'm doing this based on looking at the timestamps and it's, it had two ad breaks in it, but despite that still, uh, overperforming what that quarter usually does, uh, If we look at Dynamite, I don't know if there's anything remarkable here. Um, We've got the the latter part of the Jay White, MJF, Juice Robinson live promo. um, That's getting a lot of attention today. Uh, Up 1%, but doing a lot better than that quarter hour usually does uh, for Dynamite when it's on Wednesday anyway. Yeah, I'm just
0: uh, looking at this... Did the Tony Storm video hold people
1: during that picture-in-picture? It looks like, um, I don't know. You want that right there. Quarter-hour four, where where viewership declined 12% for the first quarter-hour that had any ads in it. And it did have the the Tony Storm segment started, and then it went to picture-in-picture. And then there was some full-screen ads in there. And then the latter part of that quarter-hour, this is going into the 9 o'clock hour, um, did have picture-in-picture ads through the Jay White and Adam Page match. So that that declined pretty strongly, uh, down twelve percent. While while what was on um, NXT at the same time at eight forty five, well, uh,
0: I know I know when the Tony that, that Storm was, video that played. was the John
1: Cena, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: it's uh, Davey had had put out the uh, the side by side comparisons. That here is Tony Storm driving her imaginary car as John Cena is entering the ring. So it was quite the uh, the dichotomy that we had between uh, both programs at that given minute.
1: Right. So there we go. That 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 is the raw. Raw, looking right at my Excel spreadsheet, right? Do this stuff. So,
0: how, how do you, how, how did you view the uh, the the overrun? This would have, if if I'm not mistaken, this would have been the longest overrun that Dynamite's ever done before at
1: 14 minutes. I mean, it's very rare that they even do an overrun. Well, what happened here? They they went up eight percent for this uh, overrun, where they were unopposed for about five minutes, right? So up eight percent, down actually two percent in the demo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'd expect it to be up somewhat. Um, that's about I don't think there's anything that that remarkable to take away there, right? Um, NXT was up three percent for their nine minute overrun, which had which had the Undertaker coming out against his, the Undertaker, a
0: legendary feud revived here in in overrun fashion.
1: Yes, so yeah, up eleven percent for their for their overrun. NXT was, which had the Undertaker in it, and I think that's you know that's probably something that was more newsworthy and more interesting uh, than what was going on in the overrun at that time for uh, AEW.
0: How did you watch the shows on, on Tuesday night? Were you like actively like going back and forth? I mean, how how engaged were you in, in the actual viewing of the programs? I'm just curious had, if anything like really landed for you in terms of uh, you know, beyond just like hot shotting for the night, like if you felt anything meaningful was done by either program with these
1: hopefully inflated audiences. Especially for NXT. I, I watched it um with, with Dynamite on my TV and I had um NXT on a laptop. Um I think, you know, W tried to couple all of the, the big main roster names with NXT people, right? Like you had Cena doing stuff with Braun Breaker, Undertaker. I don't know if that helped Braun Breaker for him to get chokes land, but Undertaker doing stuff with Braun Breaker and Undertaker kind of, you know, raising Carmelo Hayes' hand at the end. Um, Cody um, doing stuff with Ilya Dragunov, you know, who's their champion. Uh, and LA Knight doing stuff with Ilya Dragunov. So it wasn't at least like main roster people doing stuff with main roster people and Oscar uh, working with Roxanne Perez. Um, so I think they did a, they made an effort to try to give people the rub. Um, did it really make a huge difference for these people? I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see in weeks to come if these ratings sustain as they, as they've been doing really well lately. NXT is up tremendously, uh, say year over year. Um, is this going to mean that NXT is going to be able to sustain an even higher rating than it was doing before? Um, I would be skeptical of that, but it certainly doesn't hurt.
0: And I mean, the natural question, and maybe this won't be the case, but is there sort of like, is there just a come down after this that, you know, the, the specialty of a Becky Lynch showing up is a bit less now after you've, you've thrown everything at people. And now they've, they've seen the undertaker in person. They've seen John Cena and in these, these, following weeks um uh, you know they've they've been able to take like one member and sometimes has made a a large difference but that's um it could be the opposite it could be like this was a springboard that is going to uh, do enough of attaching some of these younger performers to these main roster stars and it gave them a strong rub and people come back next week because they're interested now in these characters and where they're building up towards and
1: not much Becky Lynch. She shoes in a video right that was the extent of it um I was expecting maybe an in-person, uh, appearance, but, uh, you know, with, with everything else they had going on, it wasn't like you were left, you know, feeling like there wasn't enough on the show.
0: You got Shotzi on commentary as well, unannounced. So. Yes. Solo yeah. Sokoa running. I mean, they, they had plenty of surprise. I mean, honestly, they probably could have spread this out for two months between all these people that they had on this one night on NXT, but it was, uh, it was all out and they got their desired outcome. This would have been a really tough pill to swallow if they were, uh, I, I didn't think there was a prayer of them losing really either side, but th- the demo was to me the only one that AEW yeah. would be able to threaten.
1: And it was a comfortable um, win. And Robert Sedman, who's uh, at Sports TV Ratings on, on Twitter, uh, reporting the rest of the Sports TV Ratings here. Uh, we had one baseball, baseball game. Orioles and Rangers, which was in primetime opposing these games, uh, led. It did a .88 in the demo, uh, four points. million viewers uh the nhl beginning of the nhl season right which was Mm -hmm. on espn chicago and pittsburgh doing a 0.51 in the demo uh, 1.4 million viewers Um, so that's lower total viewership but higher in the demo and then there was an earlier game with the twins and astros in the afternoon uh pre-show and then nxt so nxt was more highly viewed in the demo than the late nhl game between seattle and las vegas Right underneath that uh, is AEW, and then right underneath that is the early afternoon game, an uh, NH- NHL game on ESPN, uh, Nashville and Tampa. The big bad
0: NHL is back. Uh, I, I am curious how much um, that will be a, a factor in Canada, where it's uh, it's basically a national holiday when the the NHL comes back into.
1: Everyone's lives. Uh, So for a demo, and I've got some some milestones here. For the demo, NXT, despite going head-to-head with Dynamite here, this is the highest demo that NXT has done since week one of the Wednesday Night War on October 2nd, 2019. This is the highest total viewership NXT has done since the week before the Wednesday Night War started on September 25th, 2019. So those two weeks that NXT had unopposed uh, in September ahead of the Wednesday night war, this was only short of that in terms of total viewership.
0: And they weren't that far off. Like week one was a million one seventy nine. Week two was a million six. So they were they were within striking distance of what they were doing unopposed during the very first weeks on USA as well. So, there so there's that. There's All the right. Writings. That is your breakdown. Do you think this was still Tony Khan's greatest birthday he ever celebrated, as he noted? I,
1: I, I can't speak for, for Tony Khan. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, ne- negative reaction to the um, to the MGF and uh, Juice Robinson interaction. So uh, we'll see if anything comes out of that. But yeah.
0: Yeah, MGF posted a pretty lengthy statement uh, a couple of hours ago defending the idea to do this. Um, That's Angle. For those that did not uh tune in to the segment, I'm sure you've heard about it by now, but this was uh Juice Robinson bringing out a roll of quarters with Friedman written on the quarters, which is the reference that MJF has brought up in various promos about being a child when uh some kids threw quarters at him in an act of anti-Semitism because of him being Jewish. So that was the reference with the quarters. And I won't read this whole thing, but he did write, uh, MJF, that is, this afternoon. Muhammad Hassan was portraying an evil Muslim terrorist. I'm actually Jewish. I've actually gone through this. This is my real life, my story. And I look forward to giving catharsis to every single person who's ever been oppressed or bullied. If you think I'd play with that or take it lying down or, worst of all, hide from the hard conversations like a coward... You're on crazy pills. I look forward to the hard conversations this starts and creates. I look forward to people being further educated. My life's work is to stand up to any and all injustices done to people due to something as stupid as being different. To anyone who thinks that can't be done through the avenue of professional wrestling, then that's an indictment on things that have happened in this sport's past. I look forward to bringing this sport into the present. I look forward to knocking Juice Robinson's teeth down his throat. So this is obviously he is very confident in telling this kind of a story in a professional wrestling setting i I think anyone that is um, feels uh, inclined to be very negative towards this in a pro wrestling setting has more than enough um, evidence to support that skepticism. And I think with the timing of it this week, that it's almost not so much as however you want to frame this and where stories can go in a professional wrestling setting. If you are a pro wrestling company, if you're a broadcaster, are you comfortable with uh, several of your heels being portrayed as anti-Semitic, however you want to define pro wrestling in the entertainment genre? On top of that, at a week where we are seeing in real time uh, the horror that is going on uh, involving uh, Israel and – that just becomes something where it is beyond storytelling. It's a matter of taste and what amount of your audience is engaged in a story like this versus what amount of your audience is turned off by something like this. And if an angle is turning off more viewers than on, then it's not a great angle. And it's it seemed like there was a lot of backlash towards this. And I think pro wrestling's history has shown itself to be not exactly the creative outlet to tell uh, very complex stories built upon, uh, you know, such subjects as this, that would be
1: my thought. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and to be clear the the comparison here to the Muhammad Hassan angle, the terrorist angle that they did, I believe on J- uh, July 7th, 2005 came, it was taped like the day before the seven, seven bombings in London and then aired the day after or on the day, I think actually. Um, so the, the comparison here is that there were, you know, there's a real world and war crimes, going on war crimes and, and, and terrorist attacks that happened in, in Israel. Um, and this this is hap this angle happened days after that. That has just begun.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that it is a. Uh... Yeah, it was, it was certainly, I, I think to, to most, it was the, the hot button issue of, of either night's uh, show in terms of the, the handling of it and opting to go that direction. I, I would even argue, even, even without what is going on in, in the, in the world this week, I, I think there would have been people that would have been, um, certainly reluctant to see them go, uh, the, this route. But that was his response earlier today, uh, to that, um, beyond, uh, the, the actual, uh, content of the show is, a lot of the discussion that surrounded uh, Tony Khan and just his way of promoting this show it seemed to be that you know Tony Khan when he is aggressively promoting um you know it is he goes to an area that he knows is going to get the most amount he's going to create as much noise as possible and knows like what areas are going to generate that that kind of amplification of of his product now you can argue about his style of promotion of whether it is effective or not effective but it definitely is something that we, we saw turned up significantly in the volume. Like there is the, there's the version of Tony Khan that we typically get in these media settings. And then there are the versions. um, I believe it was you that got the answer about, you know, how much money he's got and he's got a lot more money than Jim Crockett. It's almost like he can flip that switch into. Like, All I did they, was ask him about pay-per-view buys. What, how's how's this show doing? And it was quite the answer <laughs> that, that you got out of him. You, you typically always, I think get the best out of Tony Khan. And yeah, I, I think it's really like he just s- turns into Dana White. I think that's the, sort of the, the mode he turns into. But it's it's in the juxtaposition. It's that Dana White, whatever you want to think about the man, I think everyone believes that's the way he is 24-7. And with Tony Khan, we we get many different
1: versions of him when it comes to his style of promotion. Yeah, we get an animated, hyped-up version of Tony Khan sometimes talking about you know, when when he's mad about something, when he's trying to, you know run, uh, you know, a counter message against, against somebody like he was mad. I think it Eric Bischoff for saying that CM Punk wasn't a draw and he started pounding on the table and stuff like that. Uh, and at other times we get a very evasive uh, Tony Khan that wants to say a lot of things, but doesn't really want to, want to actually, you know, say much. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think of about, about um, Dana White, but like, I feel like Dana White is, you know, you can say a lot of bad things about Dana White, but I think he's at least, I feel like when I hear Dana White speak, he's telling me what's on his mind. And I feel like with Tony, you rarely get what's on his mind. Um, except for in these weird outbursts, you know, when he's, when he feels like he's facing adversity, I guess. Yeah. He was on the Dan Lebitard show
0: and Dan Lebitard did push him to speak more about the CM Punk issue, but he was not going to divulge too much, but I mean, did indicate that, you know, he was, he was very concerned for his well uh, without elaborating too much on 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 that incident but that is you know still going to be a, a topic that is brought up even with him uh, gone from the company but you know he was he was doing quite a lot of media and as were several others i you know uh, they had uh mark henry and paul white doing a lot of media in the area and they were able to move around 1100 tickets in that final day for the show in independence missouri and the final uh, ticket count from Russell ticks i believe it was just over 3,500 which is not a spectacular number but it was at least um a a healthy increase from where they were monday night where this was looking to be um well under 3,000 tickets out for the show and that
1: yeah 3,621 was the final count
0: yeah so i mean at at this stage of the game that's I, i guess um a relatively average number for AEW, but not, not a, not a tremendous number by any stretch. And th- those to me are like, as much as this was a big show, I I would not be overwhelmed with what ticket movement
1: there was for this show. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it did at least get up over 3000. And if you look at, I actually have a slide here. Uh, if you, if you look at what they did previously in, in independence, Missouri, um, they previously did on, March 22nd, 2023, so earlier this year, they did 3,912, so a few hundred more. Um, before that, they did 4,357. Before that, they did 3,900. And before that, 2020, they did 3,700. Um, this is, by a slight margin, the lowest number that they've done in this building. Um, which, I mean, I guess it tells you how much of a draw Edge is here. He's not going to be this transformational star to this company that cm punk was um so it's it's more in line of the the trend that we've been seeing where AEW's attendance hasn't been doing that well um but they did manage to do a number that's sort of in the neighborhood if just below what they've done previously in this building
0: yeah but j- just looking at like the next two weeks and the- these were numbers as of a. Uh... As of last, uh, Friday of, uh, tickets out. So there, there might be some slight movement to these, but for this Saturday, a collision, they've got about 2100 out. Uh, next week, they're in Rosenberg, Texas, 2300 out the FedEx forum, which is, a, that's an NBA size venue. Uh, they're at just, uh, just under 1200 tickets out for Memphis, Tennessee on October 21st and then Philadelphia, 2600 out. So it's not like independence, Missouri was just like one one bad market or something like that? I mean, this is all the shows coming up. Like there is an undeniable softness in, in moving tickets. And there's, there's something there that you have to be looking at it. What is, what has taken the air out of the sales when it comes to moving tickets at, at, at levels beyond just like there is a, a downturn in the, in the fan engagement.
1: And, and as soon as I said, you know, the, The fact that this is kind of in the neighborhood of what they've done usually in in, in the market, if if a little bit below. I mean, this is a pretty important show for them, perception-wise, in terms of marketing and messaging and appearance. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if there was a greater effort than usual to get free tickets in here or to get, you know, seat fillers or something like that. Or to get get people in the building so that it looks good. Because that was was legitimately important for this show, going head-to-head, for there not to be people not give people the ability to say, hey, look, this building doesn't look like it's that full. Um, So there is a good reason for them to get more people in here rather than fewer. Before
0: we move on to other topics, uh, Sports 103 sends in the Super Chat. Thank you very much. Do you think that NXT having the higher viewership last week added any importance to how the two sides viewed winning this
1: head-to-head? Having the higher viewership last week. Um, I don't think that played greatly into it, right? I mean, there was... This show has been doing better and better, and I think they've whatever they were planning to do might have been already put in motion even before then. I think I think the fact that NXT is doing better um, in general probably gave them more confidence that they could, you know, really decisively beat them.
0: Do you rule out the notion of these two shows um, ending up on on the same night again in the future in another television rights cycle? Like, does this give you any? I can't rule out these two shows not being on the same network in the future. Um, As a lead in for each
1: other, <laughs> can you Or they air them both in picture in picture on the same network? I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Now, I, I have a, an interest. I think you know, if there's if there's another Wednesday Night War, or something of that nature, that's probably good for us and how interested people are in it. Um, so, yeah, I guess for selfish interests, I hope that there's another head to head weekly uh, competition in ratings. Um, but I think there's you know, good reason to believe that the next right cycle is going to, you know, it's going to shuffle everybody up to the point where like, yeah, I guess it's more likely but than Then not. we'll be starting at 4 p.m. every week the day <laughs> after. Yes. yes. It's it's fairly likely that, that, yeah, I mean, they're going to try to avoid each other, but it's, you know, if there's, if push comes to shove and then there's some good reason why a network wants this show to be on this night and it just happens to have to go against another wrestling show. Well, you know, it, wrestling's not necessarily always going to, you know, take priority over, other sports or other kinds of telecasts. Um, I think that's possible. Um, but I also think it's possible. I don't, I, I like, I can't rule out, you know, that WBD is not going to take um, raw here um, because if you look at the ratings of raw versus, let's say um, NBA, NBA, um, it does, I think on the average, a slightly lower rating I'm sure it's got significantly higher ad rates, but in terms of the, the watch time that they both deliver, I think raw would actually edge edge out the NBA on TNT, not overall, not including ESPN, but just on TNT. And if you're going to take one night away from TNT, which is something that's in the air, it's something that Nick Khan is saying. He's hearing rumblings of that. They may give one night away and let NBC or someone have it. Um, it might make a lot of sense in terms of being cost effective. Just like how we talk about AEW being a very cost effective program. Um, it might be really cost effective in WBD's view to maybe take raw and give it a slight raise or don't you know, give it a 50% raise over what it's getting currently and it's $265 million. And you get a year round show that delivers lower ad rates than the NBA, but probably more watch time. Maybe that's something that, that makes sense. Um, you know, only Gunnar Weidenfelds uh, can really decide, I guess.
0: Yeah. And it also raises the question too, about the viability of of Tuesday nights on, on top of it. If you're looking at Ross staying on Monday, regardless of network, if I'm USA, I'm like, to me, Friday is just, I think there's so many reasons against it versus other opportunities during the week, Tuesday being, I, I think a great way to funnel people from Monday to Tuesday, rather than a, a Monday to Friday. I think that, um, I just see Smackdown as this thing that it can be plugged into wh- whatever hole you have in your schedule. And I don't know if Friday would be that, that night for it, but whether it's a Monday, Tuesday, that would certainly, I think benefit a WWE production schedule, but we could also be talking about a world where NBC universal does not have raw and Smackdown is their prime wrestling content.
1: And, and like, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago on a uh, radio. And tell me how, how, Dumb of an idea this is. If, if I'm, if I'm WBD and I'm the executives there, and if I really understand wrestling, um, if I took Raw, right, that's the one that's available and, and maybe NXT as well and, and put it on TNT or TBS, um, there, if, if WBD and AEW would work together, that would sure do great live event business. Network doesn't necessarily care about that, but, it would, I, I think if there was some sort of interpromotional interaction with these two companies, which is a huge if in terms of they can even trust each other and cooperate, but there would clearly be a, a ratings syner- synergistic of effect if you had talent, you know, ap- appearing on either. And WBD seems to be the one that would have the power to make that happen. Um, just looking at this head to head ratings war that we had last night there's tremendous interest and there's, you know, the, the sum is greater than, than the parts here. Um, or what's, what's the expression? You know, what I'm trying to say that there's, there's greater interest in wrestling in general on a night like this, where, I don't know what, what were the two numbers that we just looked at? 9, 921,000 plus 600. I mean, that's a number on the level of what raw does or, or better than what's raw, what raw is doing currently, um, on Monday night. 0.56. If you're, you know, adding the two demos together. Yeah. So, I mean, th- they're the ones who would have the power to maybe get them to work together. And there's clearly a synergistic effect there that, that only you can unlock. You can't unlock it if you have one and not the other. Um, so I, I is that, is that something that I should just, you know, s- stop thinking about? Or is that, you know, is this like a legitimate idea? If, you know, David Zasloff can, can realize that there's, there's really an opportunity there or are there are other, other hurdles, uh, and things, uh, in, in the way to even prevent that from being a realistic possibility.
0: I don't want to have a line that's like isolated
1: for a cold hot or cold this, Is This is something that you can only say in audio. You can't tweet about it.
0: Yeah, I would not. I would not tweet this. It would be uh, held to my, uh, till, till my deathbed. But I, I just could number one, it, it is WWE and you just cannot fathom that. I guess that would be what is beyond just financial value of its next contract of lifting up in their, in their mind, lifting up AEW to be an equal to them and being in a partnership essentially with your strongest competitor that we can look at and there are <laughs> the the competitive nature that we see in front of everybody and then there's the competition that goes on behind the scenes between the these companies of how it would be how WWE would, would enter this as a willing partner and it would have to be a situation to me where they are so out of other options that this this idea of being in house with your chief competitor uh, would be somehow um,
1: willingly accepted. Yeah, I, I can make an argument though that you know if you look over the history of when promotions have had interpromotional interactions, interpromotional feuds, or whatever, it's it's almost always right that the the stronger promotion comes out on top. So if you're WWE, I could make the argument that it's it's maybe it's actually you know it's a, it's a covert way to sort of diminish aew because we'll have we're the by far stronger company um we'll probably even if you know even if you're only taking one or one or two of our shows we, we maybe have a greater financial uh stake in in what wbdu would be paying us so we're the bigger entity and maybe we have an advantage in, in in the creative uh machinations and all that so maybe you end up with a, a diminished aew in some sense afterward but then again, we're we're talking about an AEW that is you know controlled by a billionaire, not uh you know not uh, UWFI or something like that, and also would would be in su-
0: in such a way that you know for AEW to be in- incentivized, like their next television rights deal, I mean, it should be of a level that securely puts them into a a level of profitability that is going to make them, you know. The, the, the second largest revenue-generating wrestling company in pro wrestling history, what this next contract should represent for them. It's... I, I don't know if it's... To me, this next contract for AEW, it truly does represent, like, the point of... Like, the talk of AEW's demise sort of has to be shut at a certain point once they are comfortably profitable and you have this amount of revenue that is guaranteed every year.
1: Yeah, if, if the deal is big enough, and it's, and what does that mean? I think it has to be well over well over 100 million dollars a year um maybe some, something closer to i mean a 200 million dollar a year deal over the course of 5 years would be the billion dollar deal that uh that CM Punk sort of vaguely alluded to once and that that Tony actually himself uh sort of alluded to it as well uh at one time so yeah i think it has to be about 150 something like that and you can always adjust your budget and things like that to uh to get under um but yeah it has to be something i think well over 100 million dollars a year
0: you're getting everybody now fantasizing that that final nitro. Oh,
1: by, the uh, contract uh, said Khan, Con,
0: but not Tony Khan. Out yeah. walks Big Bad Nick,
1: the uh, the next uh, figure on our on our television screens. Yeah, yeah, they, they definitely don't want to. I mean, t- Tony, and, and I guess that's it. You, you don't want to punch down, but but Tony's glad to punch up. Like, Tony will say stuff on the record, and what we get from the WWE side is, you know, so-and-so close to the situation said that they they really want to uh, show them that that they only beat our developmental league.
0: How does WWE uh, trumpet this, this ratings victory? Do you sense them acknowledging it in any meaningful way? Like, I think if it was the other way around, I, I think AEW, and I—, I I would think that they should do this would be making a huge deal about uh, like a victory, but the other way around, like, as you mentioned, like punching down, like, do you see WWE at all um, mentioning this or the most watched wrestling program anywhere on Tuesday night was NXT? I
1: mean, I would have to look around. We're we're on the air right now, but I I would think you let the media do it. um, And maybe you give the media information to make sure that they get out the points that you want them to get out. And, you know. I think it's no coincidence that at, at times when W does a really good rating, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not the only one who can get access to ratings data that uh, more, more people do. And, you know, can say that, you know, WB did, you know, X percent better than, than whatever comparison point.
0: Okay. Well, if uh, if Nikon wants the StreamYard link, we can uh, we can make that happen. Uh, we're on the air for another uh, 15 minutes or so. But another uh, super chat here from Louie. Thank you for sending this in. MJF and Adam Cole segments get big ratings. Why? I hate it. Am I out of touch? I do see some backlash online, but that's seemingly a vocal minority. Um, well, number one, I don't think you should always uh, anticipate or uh, associate uh, your version of what is a good or quality segment with the numbers it generates. Sometimes... Um, Sometimes they don't always uh, correlate, but historically, I mean, especially MJF has been a a meaningful difference maker for AEW. But any thoughts, Brandon?
1: The the quarter hours, you can't just look at one week of quarter hours or one instance of quarter hours to say that something is is actually improving ratings or something like that. You want a preponderance. And there have been. Now, there have been a preponderance of MJF and Adam Cole segments um, that have done well. Um, not necessarily these, these videos that we've been seeing lately in recent weeks, but their live promos in the ring, uh, on, in the arena, on the show, those, you know, have again and again, occupied the crossover segment going into the second hour. And that's done really well on numerous occasions since, I mean, going back before all in, um, it's it's a it's it's a more complex issue to talk about whether the comedy that's happening and the goofiness that's happening uh, with with Adam Cole and Roderick Strong and, and the degree to which MJF's involved in that whether that's really a, a good idea for business. Um, there's some who are would argue. Look at the attendance. The attendance is not doing very well, is it? And the ratings are doing okay for for Dynamite. The ratings are very stable. Um, but I think you know there's the the point is the data doesn't give you a clear answer. You know, data. You would think that data would give you the definitive, absolute answer about whether something is good or bad. But data is, is just a light that you shine onto this object, and maybe it's a really powerful light that will show you everything that you want to know. But a lot of times, it's a much smaller light, and you don't really get to see everything that you want to get to see to give you the answer that you want.
0: We go to the great John Ceno. How beneficial was the buy-in? For AEW. This was the 30 minute online special that they did with Eddie Kingston against Minoru Suzuki. Uh, whenever they're in need of a last minute, uh, that, that Minoru Suzuki, he's got like the, the red bat phone that is just linked to Tony Khan's iPhone and, uh, he was there in the clutch. I, it, so this was streaming on, on X, on YouTube, um, various social platforms. I was watching it on YouTube and it peaked. Uh, by the end, just over 50,000 viewers. This is lying. a global number, by the way.
1: Global number, yes. Um, and the, on, and the, the ratings that we're talking about today are United States only. Yes. So um,
0: uh, to, to answer the question, I think minimal, if if any. Um, yeah. I, I think it is servicing um, your AEW consumer that was probably already had their viewing pattern set for the night. If they're logging on a half hour earlier for more. Uh, wrestling content. I don't know if it was, uh, if, if it's, uh, directly changing anything other than it's, it's a lead up. I would have been curious if, if TBS had gone to the extent of trying to start the show earlier, which was always something that, that raw tried to do way back with, with nitro. And they would go on at like seven fifty seven uh, and trying to get the jump on people. Uh, we talk about overruns, not enough underruns. Um, but, uh, yeah, to answer John's question, I, it was an extra match, and I, I don't think it played any any factor. Obviously not, like based on where, where we saw that first quarter for NXT.
1: I mean, it was a huge quarter for them. Dynamite's first quarter was strong too, but it also had the Big Bang Theory as usual. Even on Tuesday night, Big Bang Theory offering that lead in for Dynamite. Um, it's it's fine. It, there's no cost. I don't think there's any risk in, in doing what they did either. They're already there. They're not. It's, I'm sure it doesn't cost them much, if anything, to just stream an extra half hour on YouTube. So. It's almost like you might as well. It's it's a marketing effort. Did they to fly sure Suzuki over show? for
0: this? Did he have to like jump on? I do where,
1: where where was he uh, wrestling last?
0: Um, that's a good that's a good question. He was uh he was on the um he was on the the show on Monday. He was on the uh, the real Goku card. Really? Yeah, he was in the uh the the six man the best of seven series. So yeah, he probably he was Monday Monday morning our time. He was wrestling in uh, Sumo Hall. And Tuesday night he was in Independence, Missouri, which
1: I don't know if there's too many direct flights from Tokyo to Independence. I feel like he's in the United States so much that maybe he was, you know, and he's he's still working New Japan and all that on a, on a regular basis.
0: Yes, on pretty regular basis. So um, yeah, I mean. Probably a lot of miles that he logged. Uh, he's got to have one of those, uh, Nexus passes by now, I, I would think, to just, uh, clear through, uh, security. I'm just, uh, I'm fact checking myself here to make sure he was, uh, part of the, the six man. Yeah. It was him, Ren Narita and El Desperado losing to Yuji Nagata, Shota Umino and Master Wato. So that was, that was Monday. So I'm imagining he was probably a pretty late, uh, call to, uh, just come on over, wrestle Eddie Kingston and then fly home after your 11 minute match.
1: Right. Yeah. On the month. NXT is up 72% in the demo here as I'm looking through numbers.
0: Let's uh, let's talk about a couple more uh, uh, topics. We won't get to all of them uh, today because there was a lot of focus, obviously, on on Tuesday night. But let's chat a bit about Collision. So this past Saturday, uh, they started at 7 Eastern time, an hour earlier than usual, and did 353,000 viewers and a point zero nine in the demo. So overall, they were up 8%. And 13% in the demo from the week prior, which was the least watched collision in history. Uh, but in seeing the the breakdown hour by hour, it was you know moving it up an hour. Um, people were not used to tuning in at seven, and it was actually the hour that went against Fastlane that did have uh, more viewership than the first hour. So I wouldn't look at this as a, um, a a great conclusion you can make out of moving it up an hour. I think this is more just a indicative of viewership habits and probably like i heard firsthand from people that had that follow AEW that had no clue that it was on at 7 p.m and sometimes it it takes a long time
1: to get people into that habit of a new start time yeah i mean it it tells you how beneficial it is to be in in a in prime time um it's uh it's somewhat surprising that against the main roster pay-per-view this did Managed to do slightly better than did last week against an NXT PLE. So, yeah, I mean, it, it it helped probably to some extent that they were they were on at seven and not opposed by a WWE show. Um, and it also probably hurt to some extent that they were one hour out of prime time, and then the hour that they were in, I'm sure they were hurt by the fact that they were going against a, a, a WWE PLE. So it it sort of all just sort of broke even, as you can see here on the chart, doing almost, I mean, doing something like what twenty five thousand extra viewers uh, on average than they did the prior week. And then
0: uh, we had, well, next week, Collision is listed for 8 p.m. on TNT. And also, are you aware, Brandon, there's, on a, the schedule. there's a battle of the belt special next Saturday? I well. did see that on the schedule. So Another three-hour three hour. night. Oh, my goodness. That's going head-to-head with Bound for Glory. Not not good for Impact Wrestling.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's going to have a big impact on, on AEW, but yeah, probably uh, Impact.
0: UFC News, this is an interesting one, they announced on Wednesday that they will be going to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia as part of a Riyadh season next March, March the 2nd, uh, in conjunction with the Saudi General Entertainment Authority, and why is that well-known to professional wrestling audiences?
1: Because WWE does business with the Saudi General Entertainment Authority, and in fact, His Excellency Advisor, Turkey El-Ashiki, uh, who's uh, quoted? I don't know if he's quoted in here, but he's the one who's going to, uh, who's made this deal and, and who um, it says the agreement for this event will be signed in the presence of His Excellency Advisor Turkey Al Al Sheikh, who's the chairman of the board. He's the guy who held up the belt, the big green belt, uh, with Braun Strowman uh, on the first Saudi show. And we we see we've seen him in press conferences for WWE uh, also, so I would think that this is not just an event that they're going to run in Riyadh and just sell tickets to, but that there's probably some sort of site fee associated with this.
0: What what an assumption I think you are making. I think uh, absolutely there's going to be is this um, th- this is quite the the turnaround when you look at Ari Emanuel, although not an unexpected one. If you have followed his public stance and how it has softened over the years, he famously uh, turned uh, a 400 million dollar investment from the Saudi government away after the murder of Jamal Khashoggi in 2018. Uh, spoke about this at length of like the, the concern he had for his life after this event. And in years past, I mean, he has just, uh, he was recently on Freakonomics, not too many yes. months ago and spoke about the fact that With, I mean, all, all countries do bad things was how he explained all it. all these governments. They all do things. All governments are, are bad. Yeah. This is especially all, the ones that tax me all one and the same according to Ari Emanuel. And to the point, to the point, I believe one of the question w- was like, why did you give the money back? It's like, I don't even know why. I mean, it was and and here he is. And this was I mean, first there was the question of endeavor uh getting into business uh, partnering with WWE with this existing deal, but I mean this I mean is Further, like UFC has never gone to Saudi Arabia before, and there's just there's so much money to be made, and that is why you were going to get uh, Tyson Fury uh, taking on Francis Ngannou in a couple of weeks in Saudi Arabia. We have Crown Jewel the next weekend, and now they can add UFC to to the mix as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it,
0: and,
1: it, and it follows happens. the investment as well into uh, PFL recently by the uh Saudi government too. And, and and by the way, like if the TKO merger doesn't happen, does UFC announce they're doing a show in Riyadh today? I would think there's a decent chance not with with the same
0: guy who's the face of the W deal. It seems like this was a, um, certainly you have to look at that, that connection that that just put all the parties into synergy with one another. And boom, we've got a UFC event and um, pretty quickly. Yeah. And the last thing we will note, um, new Japan and stardom held a, uh, a business presentation this week and they, shared a, a bunch of uh, news here new japan noting that in fiscal 2023 so their 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 year runs until what the end of june i believe i think that's right i think it's around that but anyway fiscal 2023 right. they generated a 5.3 billion yen uh which uh roughly uh, translates uh you've got the graph here uh, on the screen um whereas Previous to the pandemic, uh, their high point uh in 2019 was five point four billion yen. So this is this is uh revenue, this is not profit uh for the company. So um look at these beautiful graphs here from uh from Brandon. Meanwhile, stardom, if if anything, it's remarkable star- how much they have grown. And this is even through the pandemic, uh this past fiscal year, uh generating 10 uh, about 10 million dollars US um which in 2019, 1.34 million dollars. So they have increased their business significantly um, over over these last couple of years, which have been very trying times for any Japanese promotions.
1: Yeah, I want to say this is these details came out a few weeks ago, but yeah, I mean this it shows the, the, the growth of of stardom, and to put it in some context, 10 million dollars. That's you know. Um, it's maybe a few episodes of a W show to, to give you an idea of how much bigger the other companies are, but that's tremendous growth from where they were in 2019. They've nearly 10 X that. So they're doing very well. Let let me ask you this. Is
0: the, is the worth of the elites contract extensions with AEW more than stardom makes in a year? The entire the, entire, the entire, term of the contract, probably. Let's, let's go with by year. Do you think that the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page make more in one year under this new contract than Stardom did in twenty twenty
1: three? There is how many people? The uh, two bucks,
0: <laughs> two one bucks, hang, one a Hangman, hangman and four uh, people,
1: a Winnipegger, four people. Um, probably, what do you think? Average there two million at least uh, to, to just just to get to to ten. Well, we're at eight that way, um, but maybe two and a half million each. That gets us to what? Um I could, could see them that. flirting with like three above. Yeah. I, I could I could see in, that In new new end. contracts, yeah, maybe.
0: That's that's staggering when you look at it of uh the difference here. But I mean nonetheless, like this is remarkable growth that stardom has uh, has made during this time. They also added um they will do historic crossover two sometime in 2024. They are redesigning New Japan World effective November 9th for all of you iOS, Android, Roku, and Amazon users. There will be new apps for it, offline streaming. And HD streams that will be coming. So November 9th. Um, I guess they want to celebrate the anniversary of the
1: Montreal Screw Job with And your your NJPW subscription, NJPW world subscription will be increasing at that time too, right? That's right. They also have the price increase. Yeah, that that detail
0: was, I think, omitted in the presentation. But uh yeah. yes, you will also be getting a, an increase on that, which I mean they have not increased their price to, to be fair to them. I don't think they've increased it once during this entire time. I I have been subscribing to that thing since since it launched. That was twenty fourteen that they launched in the Japan world. So
1: um, there we have it. They're going to Taipei. Maybe that, Brandon that again, and I will... Doesn't like the, the Japanese yen like never inflate? I know they're having, I see stuff in the news about them having inflation issues now, but there's, there's something about like, like inflation of the yen does not happen like it does to, to the, at least the US dollar. But anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, and then stardom. They are not going to be
0: part of Wrestle Kingdom this year. Instead, they will be running their own standalone show January 4th in the afternoon, so as not to conflict at Tokyo Dome City Hall. And that will be headlined by an IWGP Women's Championship match. Um, You know, big increase in shows uh, this past year. They're, they were up to 141 in 2023, and those were some of the uh, the major takeaways from uh, the Stardom and New Japan announcements. Yes. And finally, the TKO, the first TKO earnings report will be released Tuesday, November 7th at, wait for it, 5 p.m. Eastern time the death time. So at this, at this particular time on November 7th, we will get the first uh, earnings report. So um, they are making it in very close proximity. We will be live the next day so we can go through this. And I'm very excited about the, the very first
1: TKO earnings call. Yeah. There's a lot of unknowns in terms of like, who's going to actually talk on these. Probably Ari, probably Mark Shapiro. What Um, is the, what
0: is the Vince word count going to be? I predict Vince will be on this call. You think none. No, no, you
1: want to wager something on that? Vince is not going on this call.
0: <laughs> I I'm gonna predict we get Vince in, with 30 words or less. We're gonna get yeah, a take it you know, away. Nick for uh, sure. Yeah. Maybe we get Ari opening address, uh, throws it to Nick, who then uh who's gonna be the, the UFC rep? I don't see Dana on
1: these You don't, these you calls. don't think Dana? What's up, everybody?
0: What's up, I mean, GOP?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he never mean. appeared on the, the Endeavor calls, and Ende- and and UFC was, was was UFC more than half of the Endeavor business. Yes,
0: and but never appear on the calls. No, Dana was never on on the calls, to the best of my recollection. So yeah. anyway, a, a lot of heavyweights that are uh, up for positions on these calls, and we will see what what they are asked, and uh, especially the, the the stock, like it's been underwhelming.
1: Yeah. Stock has not been performing well. Um, Brandon Ross of Lightshed wrote a, a piece about that the, the Saudi deal, UFC doing a show in Saudi Arabia, should give investors some reassurance because it tells you that, well, they're willing to do business with UFC. So they're not trying to put UFC out of business necessarily with their, with their investment in the professional fighters league, which is maybe a, a competitor to, to the UFC. Um, stock price not, is not exactly rebounding on this news though. Um, as I look here. The, the market is closed today, and this this news did come out before the close of the market, so it was out there for a few hours at least. And this the stock TKL still closed down three percent on the day. Yeah, that
0: that was a crazy reaction that they had after the the PFL deal. Uh, two percent, excuse me. Like a lot of people figuring out what PFL was that that same day. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. You are all caught up to date again. The uh, the NXT uh, ratings notes. It was a uh, NXT with a, a commanding victory, a point three zero to a point two six, and um, a much more sizable win in overall viewership, as it was NXT averaging nine hundred twenty one thousand viewers and AEW Dynamite six hundred and nine thousand viewers as they return to their night of the week next week on Wednesday, and we will see if there is any fallout uh, from this, whether there is a victory lap from WWE or memes aplenty
1: from Tony Khan. Yeah, so, so, sorry out. if I sounded distracted on this broadcast. I am trying to get like the, uh, the the ratings reports out and stuff, but yeah, the, what, the it, quarter hours. We'll Brandon, if anything, we should have
0: had like a GoPro around your forehead just to see your process as you are taking in these numbers. In I well had time.
1: scripting issues this whole time. There were there were issues with uh, NaN values, not a number of values that I had to, to wrestle with. Oh my god. No, I enjoyed this a lot. A lot I like
0: doing the, uh, the the real-time reaction to the numbers, and I think a lot of people enjoyed it as well. So thank you to everyone for tuning in live at this special uh, start time. We will be back uh, next Wednesday in our regular slot at 3 p.m. Eastern time, unless they decide to go head-to-head again on uh, Tuesday night Do or it. something. And uh, yeah, are you are Howards Come on. Uh, last question. Do you expect anything near this level of um, interest from either side towards that uh, collision? SmackDown head to head because that's one it's like there's no competing with SmackDown on Fox. Like, this would be a different question if it was on FS1. What's that? I
1: wouldn't be surprised to see Collision Start at 7 on that night, you know? Possible.
0: Yeah. Like, if you're AEW, like, obviously you don't throw in the towel, but I I don't know if you throw everything in the kitchen sink at that show either. Um, It's just, I mean, you're competing with, like, you're you're not coming at all within distance of SmackDown.
1: To me, it's one that. Yeah, it's head to head, but is like you're just and it's AW off of its normal slot onto a Friday instead. Like, so is there going to be Rampage? Is this going to be another huge block of? It's probably going to be three hours.
0: I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I think it's and that's the night before the pay per view, the full gear show. Like that's that's why it's happening on Friday. So anyway, you have you have that to look forward to for for people that are just gluttons for the head to head competition. All right, that's going to uh, wrap it up. But coming back this Sunday for members at Patreon.com slash WrestleNomics, it is Jesse Collings, Chris Gullo, and Brandon Thurston, as they will be bringing you all of the uh, the post head-to-head takes from all over the globe and making sense of what's happening in the wrestling business world. So that's coming up on Sunday. I'm, I'm going to ask you what, what's coming up because the, the cycle moves at such a pace. We don't know on a, on a Wednesday what's going to be. I, I write on the show.
1: I write the show on Friday usually. I make slides on Friday and then throughout Saturday as well. So it's it's a process that will begin in a couple of days from now. Um, well, well, I'm very
0: excited to promote what's coming up tonight with John Pollock at postwrestling.com. Ladies and gentlemen, all viewers, listeners, coming up tonight, nothing. No nothing. show. I'm off and i've taken in way too much wrestling so that's that's going to be it i'm not back i'm not back until friday night with way so you can tune in to uh rewind to smackdown uh we appreciate all those that tuned into our uh, our attempt to review both nxt and aw on on tuesday night obviously our uh, transmission issues not just affecting tbs but yes the post office too hit with a uh a lightning bolt of uh connectivity as well
1: how's my connection been it's been good
0: crystal clear beautiful coming in Fantastic. a plus Fantastic. thank you everyone for joining us and that is going to wrap up uh Pollock and thurston for another week so have a great week we'll chat with you in seven days what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co